Blog Talk Radio. A podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. Well, I guess we're taking it away now. Yay. I always like to say, yes, I'm taking away right here in us, so. It's Friday. Friday. Oh, man. I mean, it's been really intense. Yes. And I have to say that having this subject of healing magic has been very interesting on what has come up for me personally. Yeah. Before doing the show and and going into whatever studies or things, so yeah, I don't know if that happened to you. <laughs> um, a little bit, I think. Well, Probably you, not as intensely as for you. <laughs> well, I think what happened is you already had your your crescendo up, yeah, and you were moving from yeah. You know, I was on the downward slope. Yeah. So, <laughs> so tell me, tell me what was you know your week and your time up in you know the woods. Yeah. Well, we were at Trout Lake Abbey, mm-hmm. which is in Trout Lake, Washington. Ooh. Yes. Okay. And it's a a really interesting place. It's a I don't know how many acres are there, but it's right at the foothills of Mount Adam. Uh-huh. And it is a Buddhist retreat space. Mm. And there is a Druid temple and a bed and breakfast all on this property. Holy so moly. The the couple who owns it, one of them is a Buddhist uh-huh. and he has I can't remember the name of the Buddhist temple. I apologize, but not my tradition, but they have a you know a meditation space mm-hmm. and then all these cloisters where monks will come and mm-hmm. do refuge and mm-hmm. they have this whole area where there's like Buddha statue after Buddha statue after Buddha statue. It's like it was like a walking meditation to just go in there. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Wow. And then um, you know the bed and breakfast is just a huge beautiful house. And yeah. It's where like there's classroom spaces and 
bunk rooms and then private rooms. You can actually stay there even if there's not an event going on. Oh, stay at the B&B. And then around the other little corner, you know, there's a garden and alpacas and things you might expect on a farm. But then around the corner there is an, an ADF Druid temple. And I'm not, I do not ha- know how to pronounce the ADF. It is in Gaelic, and it is not something I can do. <laughs> I don't want to do it wrong. Um, but this was the first time I'd spent an ADF ritual, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. They have a whole spiral um, with uh, shrines to these different deities. There's like the Morgan and the Dogda and Kernunos. And many others. There's mm-hmm. a whole extra little pathway for the Fae. Mm-hmm. And then in the center, there is a ritual space that has a center altar with a flame and a well and a, a tower. It's kind of like a totem pole type thing mm-hmm. that has their symbology on it. And it's rung by chairs. Uh, you know, druids are not necessarily ecstatic practitioners, so mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, sitting right in the ritual. But it was so beautiful. The, mm-hmm. It was so beautiful, and and uh, we, I had a really good time. And you know, I drummed for the rituals at night, and but that was my only job, mm-hmm. and that was voluntary. I didn't have to do it, you know. Right. So um, we ended up lucking into a room that they didn't know was available mm-hmm. until the last minute. Mm-hmm. So I didn't end up camping, which I was very happy about. <laughs> Uh, so I was in a comfortable room, in right. a comfortable bed. Right. All my food was provided. I got to go to workshops about witchy shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Tempest, who wrote the Sigil Witchery book, was there, and I finally got to see her Sigil mm-hmm. Witchcraft um, workshop. It was really great. And Courtney Weber, and then a few folks that are priests in the ADF did workshops. So it was really cool. And mm-hmm restorative and and fun and and i met a few other witches that i've known only online Mm -hmm. got to meet them in person awesome Um, what's up nicole she listens to the show so it was so great and you know a long freaking drive that's a bummer which you were lucky to drive up and back before the fire that hit yeah the fire at shasta started like eight hours after we were there yeah after you went back home? Back home. Yeah. Because yeah. they were, they, it was weird. It yeah. was a weird experience hearing it because I was like going, yeah. whoa. Dude, on the way up there. You know, we, we, so we drive up I-5 mm-hmm. to get up to Oregon. There's more than one way to go, but that's the fastest it and greatest. It is fastest. We couldn't see Mount Shasta. There was so much smoke. From the other fire. Yeah. Yeah. Like Mount Shasta, mm-hmm. you couldn't see it from I, five. It's not. It's it's like it's you, almost it's, sitting on yeah, five anyway. Yeah. yeah. It was, oh wow. Yeah. Oh, but wow. the other cool thing was, um, you know, I'm working on this book, and one of the sections is about ancestors, and that's kind of the part that I was on. Mm-hmm. We went on this trip, and I was reading a book about ancestors, and I was doing some research, and I ended up having this long conversation with my dad because on the way home. We stopped and visited my dad. Uh-huh. I had this long conversation with my dad about our family lineage, and he pulled out all these pictures, and I stole a bunch of them. He let me take them, but I like I stole them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I wrote down on the picture, like, uh-huh. who is who and when we think the picture may have been taken. Uh-huh. I learned so much about my family, and it wasn't until I was driving home with this huge envelope, I was like, oh, my God, I just did ancestor work. Uh-huh. While I'm writing about ancestor work, it just, it was like a synchronicity. Right. You know, so that felt pretty special. Wow. And it's, 
just been a mellow week. Tomorrow, I'm going to the Legion of Honor, which is a museum in San Francisco, because they have the Pre-Raphaelite exhibit, which is my favorite freaking artwork. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited. Which paintings are supposed to be there? There's a bunch of Waterhouse stuff. Okay. And I don't know. Okay. I don't know beyond that. I was just like, Waterhouse, I'm there. But I'm really stoked. It's my favorite artwork. Uh Uh-huh. And I plan to just soak it all up and then go back to writing because that's what I'm doing right now. There you go. Everything else is on hiatus until this writing thing is done. Except our show. Yes. Except (laughs) our show. And I started an introduction to witchcraft class this week. I saw that. I saw that. Because I scheduled that before my brain was like... Fried. You need to write. You your deadline is October first. But anyway. Yeah. So blah blah blah. Well that's good. How are you? <laughs> well I'm on the dark side. Oh good. Well we're holding the balance. Yeah, we're we're working <laughs> on it. Um well it's interesting because um one of my family members spouse passed away mm-hmm. and it triggered some of my own stuff around my husband passing. And, you know, this is the thing they talk about when they talk about grief and mourning, is that it doesn't have timelines, and there may be pockets that you hit and things like that. And over the 12 years that this has been happening, it has been a, you know, pocket here, pocket there, line doing fine, going into, you know, the whole thing. This one was one of the pockets, so I was in a dark pocket for about a week, and a uh, very dear friend of mine let me come over to her place and, and just, you know, cry and be with the grief because it was his birthday mm. on um, Sunday. And so I really needed um, space to process life, death, yeah. and what that meant. And then, you know, kind of move forward and do the necessary things. So it was, you know, it's it's kind of a... Aha, uh-huh, I got this out of it, or this is where it is. And um, then you always have the fact that you go to your own counselor and, mm-hmm. and they help you, or you help yourself by their guidance, find um, the other parts of it. So that's my week was more of that, mm-hmm. or the two weeks actually since we last right. alive. Um, been that process of moving through and realizing that. You know, things get closed, not on your time, Mm -hmm. and we don't do well with that, whether it's, you know, a job, a business, uh, a love affair, a marriage, Mm -hmm. a life. And I found my going back, (laughs) revisiting, you know, how I felt cheated Mm -hmm. from when my store had to close because of what had been going on with my marriage and the disillusionment of it and all. And years later, having an experience and an epiphany of it was done at the right time. I got what I needed, and that was, you know, what happened was what got me through whatever it was and now needed to be let go. And so hard to see something like that when you're in it. Of course. It's so easy to look back and go, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and you know because both you and I work with people um, <laughs> yes. in the middle of what is going on to try and and hold that space so they can go. Yes, 
destiny will show you this down the road. Life will show you it. It's, you know, nobody wanted to hear. I didn't want to hear it when that was going no, on. No, of course not. Um, and the no, thing that everything happens for a reason. Like, that's not helpful when you're going through the hard shit. No, no. And it's true. And it is true. Yeah. So it played out again with the situation around the passing of my husband and, and the things that transpired and where I am now versus where I what you know, mm-hmm. what needed to get me to where I am now. Mm-hmm. And so that was a, a real, like, oh. And then every once in a while during the last few days, I've been listening to different music that I have on my phone that I have my headset on doing different things and I get like a little opening of an energy and it was like the experience of feeling that alive like like a something getting ready to come back online like a light bulb mm-hmm. kind of flickering to get itself on mm-hmm. and it was a, the life force moving so that was one of the reasons why I dragged my dear friend to the beach today because I knew that was where I needed to flow into and move through. And, of course, I made it just in time for us to, <laughs> to, get, on the show. to get on the show. So um, <laughs> It's perfect. Which is perfect. Yeah. But, again, that's why I said the healing magic, healing yeah. <clears throat> subject is very profound in my personal experience and what you have just gone through and why this particular subject matter was delayed yeah. while we were going through different things. Right, yeah, because the show is, uh, well, the show tonight is on healing magic. Yeah. And we were going to do it a month ago. Right. And then things shit happened. exploded. <laughs> and it was postponed. It was postponed. <laughs> so with that in mind, I mean, the the subject is a incredibly broad subject. Absolutely. And one of the things that, you know, we come up with, whether it's healing physical illnesses or emotional or mental and spiritual, mm-hmm. one of the things that I will put out as an immediate disclaimer is anybody that is on any kind of medication working with the allopathic medical facilities and doctors, whatever magic or things that you use, herbs, things, needs to be in conjunction, yes. partnered. Yes. Um, I know a lot of people become very, um, can become very dogmatic about what they're going to do. And if they choose to knowingly stop their treatments of whatever and choose only this other holistic, that is their prerogative. Yes. But it is something we yes. are, how do I want to put this, avoiding making a statement that this is the only way. Right. If you are working with an allopathic Western medical doctor mm-hmm. who are taking medication, do not stop your treatment without discussing that with your doctor. Mm-hmm. All of the healing in the world, all of the prayer and all of the magic may help you, but your doctor needs to know. And my experience is that this healing magic and working from this angle helps bolster and boost and make the Western medicine more effective. They work really well together. Mm-hmm. So don't think that one is the only answer or one option is better than the other. Mm-hmm. And if you are currently, disclaimer, if you are taking medication, do not stop without consulting a medical professional. That is very important when it came. <laughs> it's funny because 
in all the things I'm reading and I'm looking at, you know, they've got all these wonderful things, but there were only two books yeah. that I found that actually said this. Right. And I was like, well, you know, that's great when you're dealing with some of the, the things that we're t- going to talk about, but you really need to – it's it's a cooperative mm-hmm. process. Yes. And um, – Absolutely. Herbal and magical and mystical work is – it's co-op. It's half of one. It's half, half of, of one coin. side. Yeah. And the medical field is the other. Right. And there are reasons for that. But mm-hmm. I understand that we get stuck in the medical paradigm being very competitive. Right. And expensive. Expensive, and it is the only way, and they don't want you to go any other way. Um, and I've had experience uh, dealing with this process, but I also feel. There is a time and a place, yeah. and you need to be willing to find medical people, which yep. are out there, they are. to work with you in a way that helps bolster right. from both sides. And it is, uh, you know, just from a strictly Western medicine perspective, you are expected to be your own advocate. Mm-hmm. You are expected to ask questions and have and and re- do your own research and mm-hmm. get a little bit of information about what might be going on with you mm-hmm. and ask your doctor questions. And if you do, don't agree, if mm-hmm. you're uncomfortable, if you're uncertain, you have to stand up for yourself. Right. You have to go find a second doctor to get a second opinion. Right. And doctors are human. They make mistakes. They have wrong information sometimes. They might read a a prescription or a chart and transpose the numbers, they're human. Mm-hmm. We're going to do that. Mm-hmm. So don't think that if a, if you talk to a medical professional or if you're working with someone and they're not into this more woo perspective, if mm-hmm. they're not into herbs or, or spiritual treatment or prayer or whatever, right. they still might be willing to work with you even if they don't believe it's going mm-hmm. to work. They mm-hmm. might, especially with herbs, don't just go and buy herbs and start taking them because the book said it would help. Certain herbs can actually counteract mm-hmm. medicine, like mm-hmm. prescription medicine. Mm-hmm. Pharma- pharma- Pharmaceutical. Thank you. Pharmacological? <laughs> no. No. Pharmaceutical medicine. Right. So you could actually be causing yourself harm. Right. And you need to know all the things. And you have to be willing to know what it is you really want to do. Yeah. I mean, there's a certain amount of... of um, sense of centeredness and when we're stuck with our own fear of whatever the illness is Mm -hmm. um we we waffle right and um i understand that but since we're coming from the informational side as well as a personal side there are certain things that have to be said right up yeah one of my teachers used to say you don't want an herbalist if you've been in a serious car accident you want a surgeon yeah and i was like yeah okay yeah, that's a good argument. <laughs> it is true, and you know, it's it's it. There are reasons. Yeah. So, all of which co-create what we call our healing process. Mm-hmm. And on that, yeah. what is our healing process? What is healing? What is what is it that we're talking about? Yes. So, um, I was lucky enough to actually have a night that I sort of wandered through uh, <laughs> the internet. Um, and technically, I'll just go with what healing means. Is literally meaning to make whole. Mm-hmm. Is the process of restoration of health from an unbalanced, diseased, or damaged organism. Mm-hmm. With physical damage or disease suffered by an organism, 
healing involves the repair of living tissues, organs, and the biological system as a whole and resumption of normal functioning. Right, right. And healing from, at least from a more holistic point of view, which I think probably Elvira and I both hold, Yes. is your body is, a, is not just symptoms. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a it's a or- complex organism. And right. So you're looking at a balancing of systems, and disease is often, especially like in new age groups, is looking at dis-ease. Mm-hmm. Like something is not how it's supposed to be. Right. Something's out of balance. Something's out of whack. Right. This isn't true for all illness. Mm-hmm. It's not true. If you break your arm, you need your bones set, you know, period. Right. right. But there is a way where you can look at bringing yourself back into wholeness and back into balance. Right. And it's, um, it's a tricky thing, especially because we are, our bodies are not just ours. There are millions of organisms and bacteria mm-hmm. and fungus and all the weird shit that live in and on and around our bodies. Mm-hmm. And they are actually what keep us balanced. <laughs> I know. I know. So it's also like I had a... Many years ago, I had an ovarian cyst that I ended up having to have surgery on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was dead set against having surgery. I was going to try all the other things. But it was actually quite serious, and it could have led to me losing an ovary, which, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't planning on having more babies, but still, you know. You don't like losing You want them. your organs. Yes, you do. So I made a deal with my husband, who was not excited about me postponing surgery, we picked a deadline, and we agreed on, like, if it grew to a certain size, that I would go for the surgery. Mm-hmm. And I was going to try all these other things first. Mm-hmm. I had surgery. The other things didn't work out. However, during that process, I named my cyst. His name was Sam. And we, and it was a he. Yeah. And I would talk to him, and I would ask for information. And I, I, he was there for a reason, and I wanted to know why. Mm-hmm. And I actually did a lot of oddly enough, ancestral and spiritual work around mm-hmm. this issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was very healing for me in other ways than what the surgery did. The surgery dealt with the symptom. Right. But the the messages that came through right. were a whole slew of other things. Right. So, you know. And that's, that's when we talk about the co-creative process of, yeah. of working. It's on all levels because, you know... <laughs> The the way I was raised was very homeopathic, holistic, health, you know, conscious, chiropractic, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Um, obviously, when I got hit by a car and I broke my leg and I had, you know, a gash in my side, I wound up in the hospital being surgically put together and, moved, right. you know, all of the things necessary, you know. So there was a reason for this. But what I did find out was that in learning to work with my father in the work he did, which is the therapy work he did, your body is, it's a, it's a, it's a life within a life within a life. And when you have issues, they are things from this life, past lives, if you're going to go about reincarnation, ancestral energies, yeah. and you work on that level. So when I chose to follow the kind of work I'm doing, I realized it was taking and moving into those other levels mm-hmm. as much as we do with our physical. And I think, just like you said, you found out a lot of things yeah. and worked with a lot of, you know, the energies and worked more on that on your side, but right. you still had to do the yep. taking care of the surgery. Yep. 
So I think that's a very big way of looking at how magical healing, healing magic is really about. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, and there are several levels. I mean, we have herbs, we have stones, we have energy work. It can be auric, it can be reiki, it can be then you have um, homeopathy, mm-hmm. acupuncture, acupressure. These are all part of the holistic point of reference. And the magical part is, I don't know how to say that, but magical means it's beyond the physical realm right. that we can physically see. Yes, we put an herb in, mm-hmm. but that herb has a certain sympathetic point of reference right. it works with. Right, right, right. And it, I mean, it all goes back to sympathetic magic. And there's been studies done that prove mm-hmm. when people in the hospital are prayed for, mm-hmm. whether they know they were prayed for or not, mm-hmm. they heal faster. Right. To me, that is freaking incredible right you know so even if you're taking an herbal supplement and this is something when when i'm good about remembering to take vitamins and supplements i try to do this but i am not good about taking vitamins and supplements (laughs) but even holding those things in your hand and saying a prayer over them before you ingest Mm -hmm. them adds another layer of healing energy to it Mm -hmm. you know we're looking at all these things as layers and and complex organisms and the the spiritual work the healing magic that you can do mm-hmm. can also be multi-layered mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but prayer is freaking powerful it is whether it's prayer in the traditional religions yep. or it's prayer by virtue of just sitting and meditating and yeah. praying through that process yeah i think witches and pagans have an issue with the word prayer i know they do because it's connected to our culture connects it to christianity right right we pray to god for whatever but that's prayer is not connected to a deity you can mm-hmm. pray to any divinity you can mm-hmm. pray to any spirit you could pray for anything exactly. not even related to deity right so I, I would like love to take the heat off of that word and and take it back take it back kind of like take back prayer take it back you're like we took back witch yeah right right we took back witch now we're taking back prayer <laughs> suck it yeah really so we're such a great group here we're just uh enthused no end so healing magic is a branch of magic devoted to improving the physical and mental condition yep there are many tight, different types of spells in this branch of magic that have a variety of effects. There are also a vast group of potions that are dedicated to healing as I well. I love freaking potions. I know. Doesn't that sound so... And what I... What, this is a random tangent, but what I, what I like... What I'm feeling right now mm-hmm. about the word potion mm-hmm. is I probably do a lot more potion work than I give myself credit for, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I actually, one of my magical practices, I drink coffee every morning, mm-hmm. but I make my coffee very intentionally, and I don't mean like, I'm a coffee snob, and I have to make it this way. No, I mean, I hold an intention. Mm-hmm. That's a potion. Right. I'm making a coffee potion every morning. Right. That was just random. No, actually, I mean, why? But see, isn't that what you know? We're talking about is the magic of yeah. something is the work with the energy, yeah. the spiritual aspect, the mental, the emotional, right. and the physical. Right. And in the fairy tradition, there's it's not a potion, but it they call it the kala right, K A L A right. Mm-hmm. And you you know you take a cup of water and you pour in spiritually or what, however you might, mentally, emotionally, however you might hold that word, but you put in all of the crap, all the stuff you don't need, all of the, the hard stuff you've been holding on to, what, you put in everything mm-hmm. you need to release. 
then basically you pray over that water to transmute it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's hundreds of ways that you could do that. But then you drink it. Mm-hmm. And you take in the prayer and the transformation of what you've just done. It's interesting because, speaking of that, and bringing it out of a tangent to this concept, is there is a um, Tibetan mm-hmm. prayer of the dead. Mm-hmm. And what you do is you work with in this prayer of, okay, how do I, it's actually Buddhist, I apologize, Buddhist, but it's the idea of praying for all the negativity, all the death, all the horror of everything, and breathing in that and transforming it through your breath into wow. sending it back out into healing, Sounds light, like energy. In. Exactly. <laughs> and um, it, it was... It's the same concept. You yeah. ingest, you shift, right. and you do that transformation back yeah. out. Right. And I think a lot of us get frightened with the idea of, well, it's icky, it's awful, and we're going to take it in and it's going to make us awful. Yeah, I, have, I have weird feelings about it. It does. It, it, well, because we're always taught about releasing stuff and not taking it in. Yeah. You know, well, it's interesting that this is on the healing line. Mm-hmm. It is a little bit. I feel like I'm jumping ahead for a second, but I had a friend pass away back in May, and this person had been fighting a, a very specific form of cancer for about a year. Mm-hmm. And when the treatments weren't going in the direction that they were hoping, she decided she was going to end treatment and was ready to pass. Mm-hmm. And the last time we went and spent time with her it was to say goodbye mm-hmm. we did a ritual together and it was very beautiful and there were uh, it was a mixed gathering of religions in the room because she was a christian and a witch mm-hmm. um and when we left my partner and i i said to guion that was really weird for me because i feel like when we're dealing with illness and sickness and death we always encourage the person like it's it's going to turn around you're going to beat this it's going to get better but that was not what this was about. This was a, I love you and thank you and goodbye. Good mm-hmm. luck on your journey. Mm-hmm. And that was really weird for me mm-hmm. to hold. Mm-hmm. You know? And sometimes that is part of the healing process is understanding that there is a reason for this journey and that reason might be death. Exactly. And that's really, that is not something our over culture no. knows how to deal with. Not even. Because the the, the well, Examples are, this will touch you, I'm sure, but examples are when we are the keepers of our pets and there is time when it is necessary to move and release. We fight, we fight, we fight. We want to do the whole thing. I know that one of my pets, I took her and she had heart medication and all these things and I would take her in and, you know, all of this. And she had a good life Mm -hmm. even on that. But when it started to decline and the quality of her life and understanding a human's quality of life and how we see our world versus an animal's quality of life is being able to do the simple things that they enjoy doing, going out, doing whatever, it kind of varies a bit. But when you get to that point, it's also about about the transition and saying goodbye. Thank you for being with me. Um, The Golden Girls intro song, thank you for being a friend. Yes, there you go. And I had I, insomnia, and I watched Golden Girls for like four hours the other night. So that's okay. It's good that you did that. I go with NCIS, so I'm solving crimes, okay? <laughs> or the, the, the whatever. 
strange, but yeah, so we do have, you know, a um, a perspective of having a hard time releasing yeah. and wanting to fight for it. Yep. And yep. Um, that balance mm-hmm. of, of knowing the tide turns. And you said something interesting there, too, the word fight. Mm-hmm. You know, there. Uh, I used to, when I worked in the corporate world, I had this little Buddhist prayer up on my desk, and I don't remember what it was now, even though I looked at it every day for years, but it was something about, you know, illness comes and I sit with that illness. Mm-hmm. Happiness comes and I sit with that happiness. Sadness comes and I sit with mm-hmm. that happiness. Sometimes we get sick and we just have to be sick. Yeah. There, you know, sometimes we can't fight it. And, uh, like, I, I think about this all the time. One of the corporate jobs I had, there was this woman I worked with, and, you know, when you work in the corporate world, one person gets sick and then it moves through the building like oh, yeah. fire. Like being with kids. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same thing. Yeah. But she was often ill, and I think it's because she had a small child. But she was, t- she would take medicine, cold medicine, like over-the-counter cold medicine, like it was candy. Oh, my gosh. And I just, it would boggle my mind. I would, I would always think to myself, just take the day off mm-hmm. and go rest. Mm-hmm. But she wanted to fight. Right. She wanted to fight. And sometimes the healing magic is the rest. Exactly, yeah. is to let yourself sink into it. Right. Um, whether, again, it's illness, grief, mm-hmm. or, you know, exhaustion. Sometimes we are so exhausted we keep trying to do our schedule and everything rather than yeah. take the time. Yeah. And even when, you know, we are home, are we resting? Do we actually sit and rest or do we decide we're going to do laundry or we're going to try and pick up this or <laughs> time to rearrange the living room? I, you know, <laughs> so... It, it's a process. Yeah. It really is. Um, and, you know, when I, I look at the different modalities, I love that mm-hmm. word, even as a, as a practitioner of spiritual work, modalities. Yeah. Um, you know, stones, I think we've talked yeah. about stones. We have. we have. I think we have a whole show. Show on stones and using stones. We have and so many shows now that I am like not sure. I'm like, I think we did a show on we did stones. A stone, we did a show on stones <laughs> and we did a show on herbs. Okay, there you go. Okay, so that that can be referenced in terms of magical process. Oh, yeah. And um, But I, I also want to go with, like, the energy healing. Yeah. Because... Um, there is so much about Reiki yep. and touch therapy, hands-on, or laying on of hands Color and therapy. power therapy. You've got these, and I really think it, it's something struck me, and I've, I've done a lot mm-hmm. of the, the different modalities. I've tried all the different, you know, some of the healing and learned it from massage. I didn't do massage I as that, massage. but you did massage. Yeah. Um, was it my thing? Oh, I understand. I, I actually thought, I, you know, I was looking at that going, yeah, I should go to it, and I said, no. Um, for a year. Healing, energy, yeah. that's what I work with, yeah. and I see it as that. And I was doing this research on sound healing, mm-hmm. and one of the things that struck me, other than something I will get into probably after the um, break we'll have, is that it was about humming. Yeah. yeah. And my father made a point when he taught us the Reichen therapy, which is not necessarily, I mean, there was another part that he added, mm. and that was humming. Mm. And he said at the end, you know, you have the person and they hum and, you know, this kind of thing. And I'm reading this, and I get back to that mindset of that, and I'm thinking, that's what we should think about. When we are out of sorts, mm. my husband used to say that all the time, he's out of sorts, um, Cranky, crabby, angry, frustrated, 
sick or otherwise. If we start to hum yeah. and vibrate within our head in the in the humming cavity up there it will then vibrate the rest of the body and what it does is reset it yep yeah i have a shruti box which is a a drone it's Mm -hmm. a harmonium without the keyboard Mm -hmm. right and uh and i wanted one because i wanted to be able to use it in classes and workshops and rituals and it was given to me as a gift and what i have discovered is it's become an a, a daily practice. Mm-hmm. I will play my harmonium and hum along with mm-hmm. it or tone, mm-hmm. or sing sometimes, mm-hmm. and it has become one of my most favorite practices. It's mm-hmm. like it's like doing a mantra or a right. chant. It it centers me and brings me back to that place of feeling in balance. Right. Yeah. And that is the biggest thing I wanted to just say of that whole thing yeah. because there's a whole lot to say about, you know, putting your stones down and yep. vibrating to the stones and using the vowels or the this is or the that's. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But that is something we can take anywhere mm-hmm. at any time. And do it. Yeah. I'm writing this down. Vibration. Vibration, yes. That's because really that is really, I mean, in our world, we need to have portable things. I mean, I love, I walk around with my bag. I walk around with my belt that has the, the, the stones in it. Or my purse. My God, I go through the um, the metal detectors and the things. And, of course, I have bags of stones <laughs> in my purse, you know. And, of course, I have no idea what they're thinking when they start looking down and they see these bags okay. of stones in there. I'm going to go throw them at the No, I did. I went to... Pittsburgh. I took a bag of stones and beans and corn because we were doing Baba Yaga. Right. And they searched my suitcase. <laughs> I mean, well, and I did. Um, actually, what happened was, is I was I went into Hawaii, mm-hmm. and on the way home from Hawaii, I had the same thing. I had this huge crystal ball that was, you know, like probably what five inches in diameter six inches huge and i had a wood bowl on one side to keep it and a metal bowl on the other that could keep it you know and i had it well sounds like an acme bomb from uh bugs bunny well it would have been (laughs) but they they stopped it and they actually made me take it out (laughs) they wouldn't touch it they they wouldn't touch it they made me take it out and they asked me what i did and the only thing i sat there i stood there and i'm going well I use this in my work. I'm a witch. Yeah. And they just look at me and they go, fine, you can put it back in your in your bag now. Yes. You know, um, and a friend of mine knows this because it was during a time when we went over as a three girls, three ladies went over to do work there. Um, but I'm never one not to carry my stones oh, and, no. and herbs and things for ritual. But think of what is portable. <laughs> your voice. Your you voice. Use it. Your body. Your body. Your, like your witch's toolbox. You don't need an ethme. You have fingers. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There you are. So we should take a break, we I probably think. Probably should, yeah. Yes. All right, we'll be back. Okay. Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned as more magic is coming your way right after these messages.
The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, and the Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7, all time specific, at 3 hours for Eastern, Sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. All right, we're here. Huzzah! Okay, so I am I'm handing over the next part to oh. Miss Phoenix. Oh crap! I know. It's okay. Hang on there. You've got a cheat sheet. We're fine. Yeah. So we were going to talk a little bit about some specific healing magical things that you could either do or learn or seek out. Um, and I don't know. You want to start with Reiki? Sure. We can start Are with you Reiki. Are a Reiki practitioner, Elvira? I am actually a Reiki master. Oh, my hey, gosh. Hey, Yay. See you, Master <laughs> Elvira. God, I'm only a level one Reiki practitioner. Oh, well, it's okay. It's all right. I'm only allowed to do Reiki on myself and on others. I can't send Reiki long distances. I haven't been given that permission, although I've tried. It's okay. <laughs> you know? Don't tell the ancients. The ancient ones, we won't, okay? I promise. I really do. Okay, so um, you want to read officially what the little sure. thing says? Reiki is a Japanese technique for stress reduction and relaxation that also promotes healing. It's administered by laying on hands and is based on the idea that an unseen life force energy throws, flows through us and is what causes us to be alive. So Reiki is actually spiritually guided life force energy. Right. My experience of Reiki is it's a very specifically attuned mm-hmm. energy, right, because you have to go through these attunements right. from a Reiki master in order to have the energy flow through mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, anyone can do it, but you do have to have that activation mm-hmm. before that energy will flow through you. I don't think it's generic life force energy. I think it's a specific form. It is based on... It's like turning on a switch. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um, we can do uh, certain things, and um, electronically, certain circuits are already on, and you turn the next circuit on, and yeah. you turn the next one, and then you can run it all the way through the the process. And being a master is basically being able to um, attune other people. Yep. And also to um, initiate them. Right. So you have attunements, which is just like a tune-up, like you take your car in for a tune-up, and then you have your, you know, like we make you into the next level, we give you the tune-on, and you get the little thing. Right. Um, and in the traditions, there are two branches, and, you know, at least two that are traditional, and either you're from one line or one lineage or the other, and, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And there is a lineage yes. with it. Now, there are break-offs right. that use that, and... Um, I'm trying to see here. Quantum touch is a natural and innate skill that can be learned through simple breathing and body awareness techniques. Reiki masters who have taken workshops have nicknamed quantum touch Reiki empowerment or turbocharging the Reiki. Both systems use the same life force energy. Mm, interesting. So, I've heard of that before. I actually have heard it, quantum touch. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's interesting because 
Healing touch is another term yeah. utilized, and it is one from a particular, oh God, i got to remember. She was a nurse, and she wrote a book, and it became a very, <laughs> I, we have a studio audience. <laughs> yes. And she, um, in doing that, it was the same thing. It was the, it was the touch that they would touch, and in that conscious touch, send the energy. Right. So. Reiki energy uses symbols to send, you know, you either draw them with your finger or you you look at them and you you, you see them visualize on the person or in the situation. Um, You can say the words out loud or you can say the the name in your head. Um, So it's a similar point of reference. So you have one that has a tradition. Yeah. And one that is basically your own energy yeah. working with it. Yeah. And I think as far as healing energy goes and, you know, laying on of hands or whatever, all of us are conduits yes. of healing energy. I think anyone can do it. But it does take practice. I think some people are naturally gifted mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, do some sort of touch therapy or healing therapies or whatever mm-hmm. or end up going into massage and don't even realize that they're right. doing it. I've right. had massages like that where mm-hmm. someone didn't realize that they were actually doing healing work. <laughs> but, That's true. I, but anyone, I think, can activate that and strengthen that muscle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, we talk of – um, Reiki is underneath the concept of energy work yeah. or energy healing, mm-hmm. all right? And, and obviously energy medicine, therapy, or, or healing, it's basically they're all branches of spiritual medicine or spiritual healing. Right. So an auric healing is another one right. that, you know, works with the band that is around mm-hmm. the human body. Right. And that works with the chakras right. and the attunements. So you have using, and that goes back to tones or yeah. stones. Or visualization. Visualization. With the aura stuff, it's you know, specifically looking for holes or tears or mm-hmm. weaknesses in the aura and then doing repair work. Right. Uh, that you could also have hooks in your aura that don't need to be there, that need to be gently removed. Mm-hmm. And so most people who do that type of healing can see. Right. I don't see auras, but I definitely can sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a there's a disturbance in the force. Exactly. Right here. Let's let's throw some healing energy here, mm-hmm. or, or set a specific kind of mm-hmm. stone here mm-hmm. in this spot, or whatever. Right. Right. Uh, repairing that aura. Right. And that can be done by yourself as a person. You know, like I'm going to tune into my personal right. aura, or you can go to someone and have them do that healing right. on you. And that puts the next step of Reiki <clears throat> or energy work can be done long distance. Yeah. Um, it can be because energy has no boundaries. Right. And so you can have that. Um, it depends. You know, sometimes people are in a position where they can't, just like we're talking about prayer. We pray for someone. We don't necessarily have the ability to go to Ottawa um, Canada, and yet we have, you know, we're praying for them. Right. Same, you know, point of reference is the energy transference Absolutely. Um, in terms of, of that. And, you know, there, it's what is a terminology that people feel comfortable with. There's all different versions of energy work. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the most sought after because it has a certain, like Native Americans, certain techniques is yeah. the shamanic healing. Right. 
and the shamanic healing is, you know, a specific type right. from an indigenous culture right. with all of that. But it still goes to working with the spiritual aspects, mm-hmm. the energy body, and then the physical body. Right. And basically that's a trained practitioner who's going into an altered state mm-hmm. and going into the other worlds or mm-hmm. other realms, mm-hmm. gathering information or diagnosing your spirit body from the other realm mm-hmm. uh, and finding guides and allies to say specifically what's wrong and what needs to be repaired and how to repair it. Right. And then coming back to this reality and telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then we also, you know, branch off and we talk about medical intuitives. Yep. Like, uh, what's that lady's name? Uh, Carolyn Mace. Carolyn Mace. 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 And, you know, there are, and that is interesting because there's a whole part of a book that I read and I was watching on healing or reading about healing. And she didn't call it quite medical intuitive, but what it basically comes down to is you have the ability to see or feel the areas in the physical body, but you also work with, and here's where I hand in hand, Mm -hmm. a medical practitioner, and they are your assistant. They are, you know, you assist each other so that what you get and what they are able to have coincide with the energies of knowledge that you gain with the two levels. And what, you know, sometimes the medical intuitive or, med- you know, what is it, spiritual and intuitive empath mm-hmm. is able to see or feel it is not what the medical side sees, feels, or is going after. Right. They're going after another, you know, it's kind of like they're off on left and it should be taken a little right, right. kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So you do have that, but again, people who are, really trained in this and good in it and, you know, work with it, will have a medical practitioner working with them. Right. Yeah. There are groups like there's the Berkeley Psychic Institute mm-hmm. where they, that's part of the thing that they do to train mm-hmm. to to do spiritual diagnosis of illness mm-hmm. and, and how to best move forward with that illness. And like anything, get another opinion. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's that's the other part of of what we all always encourage anyway, um, even in magical work on other things. Yeah. It's like, you know, yeah. you need more than one person sometimes seeing it that will get it. Right. Yeah. So. Um, you mentioned uh, shamanic healing, and that also to me, I think of soul retrieval mm-hmm. in connection to mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. You know, that some of, uh, especially because when we're talking about illness, we're, we're talking about physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, like illness can come in many different forms. Right. It's not just that I have a sick stomach. Right. You know, this could be in many different ways. And soul retrieval, the idea is that you left a bit of yourself in a past experience or in a location you once visited or if something traumatic happened to mm-hmm. you, you left a bit of yourself right. at that experience. Working with someone who does soul retrieval processes, you go back to that traumatic experience and take that bit of yourself back. Mm-hmm. It's not easy work. No. And it should not be done without someone that knows what they're doing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, um, you know, we have... You know, the one person that I, I that actually put this on the map was Sandra Ingerman. Mm-hmm. 
and she has training and she has a website and she has uh, practitioners who she, you know, you list in areas. And I usually, if I am suggesting this to a client, I will tell them, you know, please look this up and see one that is closest towards you, someone that you can connect with and deal with that because it is important. Yeah. Um, It's it's like... Sometimes I can be a little flippant about spiritual work, you know, like, oh, whatever, try. You're not going to hurt yourself, just try. But there actually are some things where you could hurt yourself. Right. And and trying to do soul retrieval without actually knowing what you're doing could hold the potential to just re-traumatize you. Exactly. And nobody wants that. No, no. Uh-uh. So, and, you know, we get to dream healing. Mm-hmm. You can work within your dream time to work on healing. That's another part of the magical side that can be worked on. Absolutely. And um, I know that there is probably tons of things I could, you know, pull out and read, but I think it's we're giving you a taste of yeah. the different things here. Yeah. Some of them we've already gone into, like stones and herbs mm-hmm. and, you know, potions and right. spells and oh, rituals. Um, yeah, I've seen, I've seen and been involved with dozens of rituals or spell work where we're working on a specific mm-hmm. beloved or mm-hmm. community member's healing. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a local woman who was suffering from cancer, and we, there were about 10 different covens that all on the same night wow. did the same healing spell for this person's recovery. Wow. There's, so there's lots of ways that you mm-hmm. can work in ritual and spell mm-hmm. work and have that be mm-hmm. a one-time shebang or right. a smaller daily practice. Right, right. And one of the things we've, um, I think we talked about, which was, you know, and mentioned sometimes this baths, healing baths, cleansing baths, strengthening baths, things that you use the, again, we're talking the elements. Right. You know, and I think that um, when I look at our options on what we can do, it's like all of them utilized in different times and places within your healing is going to hit all different levels, just like, you know, the one thing they talk about is psychology. It's another part of the mindset of what happened and what, you know, transitioned yeah. and uh, our mental state of being, yeah. and um, which triggers, again, the same kinds of dysfunctions in our body that then will eventually manifest in something else as an illness. Yep. So um, it's... it's it's sometimes hard, you know. You yeah. gotta you gotta look around and and start feeling what you're drawn to, and when we're in fear, that's hard. Yeah, absolutely. And when we're sick and we're in fear, it's really hard. It's really hard. I know there's been a, a million times that I've been sick. Mm-hmm. Thought, oh, I'm going to do a little spell work to help me feel better. Well, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. To do healing spell work when you're sick. Mm-hmm. Maybe impossible is too strong a word. It's hard. It's very hard. It's very hard. When you're worn down and feeling like crap, you know, sometimes you might all, I'll light a blue candle and then I'll feel better. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not that easy. Right. And, right. You know, so that is when you enlist help. Right. Call on your friends or your coven mates or the people on the Internet that you know. And practitioners. Yeah. Absolutely, professionals, that that this is what, you know, they, it's, we've talked about 
many different types of reasons to use magic um, in our lives. A lot of it deals with love and money, and then, of course, Mm -hmm. now we're talking about health. And, uh, you know, one thing that I have found that you keep having to mention about magic, just like I think we talked about at the beginning, is that it isn't instantaneous. Yeah. You know, I would love to have been able to do that with my husband. Yeah. But there was a contract that he had right. with other things. Right. And so that's the part that we have a hard time with, whether it's us, mm-hmm. family members, mm-hmm. or clients that we know right. that we're working with. We can't possibly know what is in someone's highest good because exactly. we can't possibly know what what their soul contract might be, what their karma might be, mm-hmm. however you want to say it, mm-hmm. right? But we can't possibly know. So. Sometimes, no matter how much spell work or healing work or whatever you do, it doesn't go the way that you wanted because that's not what was supposed to happen. That's right. not in the highest good of right. that person's process. Right. And, you know, there. So, but the one thing that I think to come away with is our body is our tool mm-hmm. to hear, feel, think, and experience. Yeah. And,. That is really important to know your body, to really, un, you know, catch the feel of it. Like when I'm feeling, when I'm getting really angry at something and I'm trying to be very reasonable and, you know, come through from the highest place, but I'm really angry and I suddenly wind up getting um a redness on, under my arm or something, I have to look at it and go... You're holding on, right? You know, there's something here, or I get my throat starts to get, you know, congested. I have to look at what I'm trying to not say or what yeah. I'm trying, and it doesn't mean I have to go back to where the problem is and blast the individual to, or the situation to smithereens. Mm-hmm. It means find another way to release it. Yeah, and or, I think we've talked about knowing yourself as far as your your spirituality and your mental well-being and your emotions. Like mm-hmm. the more you understand the way you work the easier it is to do magic, but it's also true about knowing your body, mm-hmm. and we kind of take that for granted. Oh, yes, think, we do. Especially Western people, but knowing how your body feels at certain times or what the triggers are mm. when you get a sore throat, you know, right. like just these little things, are they are they important messages for you to pay attention to? Is that right. a sign to slow down? Is that right. a sign you need more water? Right. How do you know your body that well? Right. And it's, and that's, you know, when we say giving our power over to different situations and people and medicine, allopathic, is having someone tell us what to do, it's also about our learning what's going on in our bodies because right. magical aspects is using that other side. Yep. So we, you know, we kind of go, okay, you know, we have uh, different things. Like, for instance, it's funny you talk about soul is that sometimes we do a healing on a soul level, but the body doesn't follow. Yeah. Yeah. And the body is the hardest of all of the bodies to change. Right. It's more dense. Yep. Exactly. And uh, not being stupid, being dense in terms of energy. Yes. (laughs) Energy. Thick. It's thick. It's solid. So, but... But on that note, we are probably at the end of our timing. Oh, my gosh, we are. Heavens. Heavens to Betsy. Betsy. Next week... Is healing goddesses. Ah. We're moving along with the healing theme. Yes, we are. So we'll be talking about who you may want to call upon during your healing. 
true. And hopefully we will have a plethora of different ones to discuss. Yeah. Like a million of them. Oh, gosh. Here we go. <laughs> we won't just sit and list them off, we promise. We'll oh, that would be hilarious. Just sit One, we're just going to read a list tonight. <laughs> a. Under that. Oh, yeah. Hi, hi. Ah. Agua Sulis. <laughs> B. Halili. Right. <laughs> C. B. Caridwin. Yeah. Hey, I'm doing good. We're doing good. Okay, we only have. Demeter. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> She's getting prepared. I mean, this is exciting. I'm watching this kind of rev up. I have a feeling we're just going to jump right over into next Friday. Oh, well. But thank you very much for being yes. avid listeners, and, and hopefully this has brought um, some areas you can start looking at and, and follow through on. And have a beautiful week. And you have a wonderful week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be.